0: And just to let everybody know, it is an answer to prayer to see actually both Betty's sitting side by side back there this morning as they both have been dealing with illness. And uh, God's grace is continually extended, so we absolutely celebrate his faithfulness to us. Thank you for sharing with us. It is a blessing to be able to share this morning and to be able to dig into God's word, and we will do that. In fact, That is the centerpiece of what we're looking at today is God's word and his role in our lives. You know, DNA is a wonderful and amazing thing. It is said that no two people have the exact same DNA, although there are those who have very, very, very similar DNA. I read not that long ago of a cold case that was solved uh, in California, DNA evidence was able to narrow the criminal down to one of two fraternal twin brothers. Police were able to solve the crime because one brother was physically out of town when the crime took place. It makes me hope that my twin brother doesn't do anything to get me into trouble. Or hope that we're out of town at the time he does, so... But DNA is about more than just solving crimes. Your DNA determines various physical traits and sometimes even emotional traits. Certainly our behaviors play a role in that too. But have you ever seen someone who could just eat and eat and eat, yet they never gained any weight? Uh Aha, I hear the amens. That's the first time I've heard an amen in weeks. That's wonderful. That's called DNA. Often, DNA is referred to as the building blocks to the human body. Well, the church also has a specific, unique DNA. Last week, we looked at the powerful love of God that ought to be a part of our DNA as the body of Christ. It not only demonstrates incredible value in us but it also should cause us to love people around us in a different and a deeper way. Well, today, I want to look at another aspect of our spiritual DNA. and It involves our extreme devotion and dedication to the Word of God, which will significantly impact who you are. There's no room for wavering. As you know, The theme of this church for 2019 is building strong families, and today I want us to talk about the value of being strong in this area. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles. It was such a blessing to have Richard share with us. It's great to have you in town uh, for the week, and it's a blessing to have you, but he read for us already from Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. Surrounding these two verses, we see what is basically the anointing of Joshua as the next leader of Israel. Moses has led them admirably for the previous 40 years. Now it's Joshua's turn. A total of four times in this chapter, Joshua will be instructed to be strong and courageous, but only once is that instruction given added emphasis. And it's right here in verse 7. That means this must be pretty important stuff. So look at it with me. Joshua 1, verses 7 and 8. It says this, "'Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left.'" That you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, this passage begins with a call to uncompromising obedience to the law which Moses gave. Not turning to the right or to the left, but always staying straight ahead. This is your focus. In the Gospel of John, Jesus tells us that if we love him, we will obey what he has commanded. Throughout Scripture, there is a clear sense of expectation that God's people will walk in obedience to the word of God. In fact, 1 Peter 1:16 1, echoes the words of Leviticus 19, verse 2, as it reminds us that we are expected to be holy, just as God is holy. Well, holiness and obedience are synonymous with one another. I had someone ask me last night specifically: what is holiness? Holiness is us passionately pursuing God above all else and walking in obedience to what He desires for us. You cannot accurately claim to be holy, yet walk in disobedience to God. You know, it's one of the things I always loved about our denomination as I was growing up. We were considered to be a holiness church. Yet as I stated this week to the head of our denomination, I fear that our denomination may be losing some of that clear distinction. And in an attempt to be like everybody else, we have willingly sacrificed the things that made us unique from the rest of Christendom. In his book, Rediscovering Our Holiness Heritage, Dan LeRoy writes this, He said, instead of a public affirmation of faith, we now have raised hands with all eyes closed. Instead of seeking and finding the lost, we became seeker-sensitive and invited them to come find us. We substituted a one-time decision in place of deeply devoted discipleship. We substituted information in place of transformation. We substituted signing up in place of praying through. We substituted a one-trip salvation response in place of a long and purifying walk with God. In essence, what Dan is saying is that we are no longer the church we once were. And while there's a part of me that wants to argue against this point, I cannot in good conscience do so. I know of Wesleyan churches who will no longer allow words like abortion or homosexuality to even be spoken from the pulpit for fear of offending someone else. I know Wesleyan churches who have become so good at the entertainment side of church that they no longer do it for God's glory, but they do it for their own. They have become the church that is talked about in Zechariah chapter 7, verse 6, which says, Even now in your holy festivals, aren't you eating and drinking just to please yourselves? I want to be able to honestly refer to our denomination as a holiness church, but I cannot do that. We have a holiness problem. Let me suggest to you that it can be changed but it must begin here the root of this holiness problem is who we are either you are holy or you are not i think of the story of moses at the burning bush it's a great story of god showing up in a very unique way but what strikes me is the fact that moses had likely been at that place in that position on multiple times before Yet never before was he told to take off your shoes, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. That's because the ground had never been considered holy before. It was just dirt. But on this occasion, something made that ground holy, and it was the presence of a holy God. The thing is that when you become a child of God, the Holy Spirit chooses to make his dwelling in you. And just like that ground that was ordinary before, but it became holy ground, just like that ground became holy because of the presence of God, you ought to become holy simply because of the presence of God in you. You become holy ground. Now, let me rub some people the wrong way, not that that is my intent. If you are not living in holiness, then maybe the Holy Spirit isn't living inside of you. I don't know. Maybe you just don't realize that the Holy Spirit is there. You know, Moses had to be told that this ground was different. Maybe you simply don't recognize that the presence of God is there. Well, it's time to wake up and realize that if you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit ought to dwell in you, and therefore you ought to be considered a holy vessel. But know this, being holy leads to living holy. That's why James 1:22 instructs us to do not, he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. There is an expectation that we will take the Sunday sermon. We will take our daily devotions. We'll take all these truths of God's word and we will live differently because of them. That's why Psalm 119 talks so much about the importance of obedience in the life of God's people. That's why it says in verses 1 and 2, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart because we are holy. There is an expectation that we will live holy, seeking God and doing what he calls us to do. If that's not you today, it is time for a change. Be the holy follower of Christ that you were created to be. You be the holy ground because of the presence of God within you. Of course, it doesn't take much to figure out how a church or even an individual can become less than holy. It's not that somehow God's word is not enough. Most often it is because we simply stop pursuing God with the same passion that we once did. A.W. Tozer writes that it is a solemn thing and not a small scandal in the kingdom to see God's children starving while actually seated at the Father's table. Let me repeat that for you. It is a solemn thing and not a small scandal in the kingdom to see God's children starving while actually seated at the Father's table. We have come to Christ and he invites us to take in as much spiritual food as we could ever imagine. He's not rationing his portions to us. This is a banquet feast, yet we're eating like birds. I remember years ago pastoring a church in North Carolina. We had become a very diverse youth ministry with about 70% of our youth being black kids. But we were absolutely a white church. I remember one Sunday we had a church-wide potluck following the morning service And one of the older ladies approached me. She said, now you make sure that those colored kids don't take all the food. At that moment, I wanted to explode, but I didn't. Instead, I turned around and I saw one of those, quote unquote, colored kids with a plate that barely had anything on it. I asked him why he didn't have more food on his plate. He said, I was just trying to be respectful I thanked him for being respectful. And then I took him to the front of the line. I made him fill up his plate until there was food falling off the sides. (laughs) Because the reality is, the reality is God doesn't want us just picking off the plate. God wants to feed us in such a way that it is far more than we ever could have imagined. God wants us to be blessed. God wants to feed us as much as we can handle, yet for most of us, we are content with just a little bit. I'll take what the pastor gives me on Sunday morning, and that should be enough to get me through until next week, or I'll do a short devotional. I'll fulfill the minimum requirement of opening my Bible on a daily basis, but I I don't want to eat too much. Listen, God has so much more to offer you. But you're gonna have to go out and get it. God is calling us to discipline over complacency. This is where the call to be strong and courageous comes into play. We're not just talking about perfection but rather the relentless pursuit of God. You may still struggle with something, but this is not one of those, hey, because you pursued God, you're never going to have to deal with sin and temptation. You live in a broken world. But what I'm telling you is that when you stop pursuing God with everything that you have, you are setting yourself up for less than God's best. The fact is that a lot of people talk about wanting to become strong and wanting to build their muscles and to be more than what they are already. The problem is that most will never achieve it because they will not follow through on the talk or the thoughts that are present. See, talking isn't enough. Action is required. Discipline Discipline over complacency. Discipline in what? Let's start by reading God's Word. How many of you have a daily time set apart for reading God's Word? Jerry challenged us at the beginning this morning that we ought to be reading the Word at least five minutes a day. I will tell you that, on average, for those who call themselves Christians, that would be far above the average. That's a sad truth because I know. I know many people who spend hours in the word, yet the average is less than five minutes per day among those who call themselves children of God. How many of you are reading God's word with your family? When you do it, it's like stepping up to the buffet. Romans 15, 4 says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. That means that it is to your benefit providing hope and encouragement, but it's completely useless to you if you are not being intentionally disciplined to do it. To echo this idea, consider the words of Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is powerful and it can still impact everything about you. Don't become complacent thinking that you've got enough. Don't become complacent thinking you are good enough or as good as others. You were not called to be good enough. You were not called to be as good as others. You were called to be holy just as God is holy. We must choose discipline over complacency. I have one last thought for you this morning. It comes from our original passage back in Joshua 1 verses 7 and 8. I told you earlier that our verses are surrounded by what is basically the anointing of Joshua to be the head of Israel, to lead them into the promised land. He's given various pieces of instruction regarding what he needs to do and how he needs to do it. So I also told you that four times he's told to be strong and courageous, and this is the only time that emphasis is given. Well, the question has to arise, why? Why this time is it emphasized that he must be strong and very courageous? What makes this piece of instruction more significant than all of the others? Maybe it's because this is the one that leads to success, or maybe not. The fact is that the other times also reflect success. Consider the first time he's told to be strong and courageous. He's told that he will lead the people of Israel, the people of God, he will lead them in to take possession of the land. That means they are going to win. That's some pretty good success, at least in my view. I mean, these guys have been wandering through the desert for 40 years and they will finally have a place to call home. And in order to win, they will have to conquer giants. Winning is a pretty big deal. That's success. So if it's not just the promise of success, why is this emphasis reserved for the second? Be strong and courageous. I suggest to you that It has everything to do with what true success looks like. Imagine the Israelites fighting all their battles, taking possession of the land and coming out on top. They may be successful according to the standards of the world and they certainly will be better off than they were when they got started. But if they experience success, yet God is not in the center of their lives they still fail. Success without God is not true success. But here's a thought, and it points out the importance of living holy lives. God promises them that if they stay faithful to Him, if they walk in holiness and obedience, then He will bless them. He will make them prosperous. He will give them success. I wonder, which type of success do you want? One that is compromised and is only a little better than what you previously had. Or one that truly flows out of the abundant blessing of God. If you truly want the abundant blessing of God, then you must begin by choosing holiness. And lest you think that I'm just twisting the words of Scripture here to suggest that God will bless you for your obedience, consider the words of Deuteronomy. There's no twisting of scripture here. Deuteronomy 5, 33, walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Deuteronomy 28:1. if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you above all the nations on the earth. There is a clear connection. God says, if you choose me, I will bless you. It is time for the people of God to become a holy people of God again. I challenge you today to begin by calling out to the Lord. If you would call yourself a child of God, but you recognize that you are not walking in the holiness of God, then something needs to change, and it needs to change now. God did not call us to be like everybody else. He called us to be set apart, to be sanctified. We are called to be a reflection of him, and we cannot do that unless we choose to walk in the holiness that he calls us to. I ask everyone if you would to bow your heads and to close your eyes. Father, as we come before you today, we recognize that we have allowed so many things to take root in the church and even in the individual lives that are here today. But we know that you have called us to become a reflection of you. You've called us out of sin. While we were still sinners, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And we rejoice today over the forgiveness of sins. But now as we have been redeemed, as we have been forgiven, I pray that you would now empower us to walk as those who are being transformed, who are being made new by the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. I pray that you would make us holy ground. And that that would impact every decision that flows out of us. Every attitude that we display, every word that comes from our mouths. May the holiness of God become an active part of our lives. One that calls us to action, to live in celebration of you. Lord, we do desire your blessing, your success, your prosperity But those are secondary things. This is a call for us to live holy lives. Forgive us where we have not done so. But I pray right now that you would empower us to do so moving forward. But I pray that you would change our church and our denomination to the people of this congregation. Give us a hunger for you that cannot be satisfied. Help us to change not only our church and our denomination, but allow this entire community to be impacted by the holiness of God flowing out of these people. Or may you have your way in and through us, and may we experience you new today in a way maybe we've never experienced you before. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited about the role of this church and the role of you as the body of Christ. This community needs to know the holiness of God, and it needs to begin here in us. Will you allow the holiness of God to flow out of you? It's been such a blessing to have you with us. I went over three minutes. I apologize, sort of. Get over it. You'll be okay. (laughs) It is a blessing to have you with us. Go in the peace and the grace of our God.